Main Street to Wall Street. Global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. How did WD-40 get a market cap of $3.5 billion? I mean, did they oil or grease the skids? That's only one of the questions I asked Gary Ridge, the chairman and CEO of WD-40. Not only is WD-40 a household name, but it's also a thriving company with a culture and a set of values to match. Throughout the interview, he addressed how strategic leaders need to put in place a way to increase employee productivity and engagement a forward-thinking culture, and compelling set of values for everyone in the company to follow. Gary, welcome back to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. G'day, Jeff. It's great to be with you today. It's good to have you back. Uh, it's just uh, you're all over the news with everything that you do. I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing a great job, and we'll find out more. With all the changes happening in every workplace in America, what's the first step to take when turning around a toxic culture into a thriving one? Empathy. Aristotle said, pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work. And our job as leaders is to create a place where people actually want to go because they're treated with respect and dignity and empathy is part of the culture. Did you ever think you'd be running a company like WD-40? Never, never. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I don't run it. You forgot my official uh, introduction. I'm the consciously incompetent, probably wrong and roughly right chairman and CEO of WD-40 company. And I get to stand on the shoulder of giants every day. Don't you think a lot of C-suite leaders are like that? They don't think they're worthy of it, that many times we sit around thinking, well, geez, somebody should do something about this until we realize it's really us leading the team to empower them to do it. Do you do you ever feel like that? It's interesting you use the word worthy. I, I, I think they're probably afraid of the responsibility of leadership because you know, leadership is a, a hard game. I mean, it, it's simple. It's not easy. And time is not your friend, but it's not an easy game. It's a 24 hour day, seven day a week. And you wake up every day responsible for people's lives. And that's a big responsibility. Yeah. I don't know that everyone always realizes that that's the way most C-suite leaders think about it, that we're responsible for other people's lives, livelihoods. I can remember back in my days at Kodak when we laid people off. I said, we're, we're changing people's future history in terms of, you know, their kids and what they want to do, the legacies they want to leave behind. And I think that's, that's a, an important thing for us to remember. I know at the C-Suite Network, we have a set of four values. We call them the four R's, relevancy, reach, reciprocity, and respect. What are the core values that you've instilled in WD-40? Well, ours, the, the first one is we value doing the right thing. The second one is we value creating positive, lasting memories in all of our relationships. And and that's really important because as a tribe, you know, we call ourselves a tribe, not a team. Our promise is a group of people that come together to protect and feed each other, which is so important. We value making it better than it is today. We value excelling as individuals and thriving as a tribe. And we value creating or enhancing the WD-40 economy which as a public company you think should be the number one value. But if we live the other values, then the last one becomes a deliverable because profit is the applause of people doing good work. 
You know, a lot of employees are remote these days. I don't think it's going to be changing anytime too soon. We seem to have liked it. We've accommodated. And of course, I think we've used it to our advantage. So what are the three steps that companies and leaders need to take to increase employee engagement? And how do you maintain that engagement even during what we'd consider bad times? Well, I guess, you know, again, we certainly have become a better company because we've become better at being being virtual, but we'll never be a virtual company. So the first step is care. You know, continue in all ways that you can to communicate the care you have with your people. The second thing is candor. No lying, no faking, no hiding. I believe most people don't lie, but I believe because of fear, people fake and hide. And the third mm-hmm. one or the two together is accountability. We need to continue to hold ourselves accountable to each other for what we say we're going to do. And most people lose trust because people don't do what they say they're going to do. We've been fortunate right through the pandemic to be able to not only maintain, but to grow our tribal culture. In fact, during the pandemic, we did a check-in on our employee engagement because I wanted to see if we were draining what I call tribal cultural equity. And one number that came back that I got really excited about that actually went up four percentage points was 98% of our people globally said they were excited about the company's future right in the middle Mm -hmm. of a pandemic. And the reason why, they believe if we can get through this together, and the word is together, we can get through anything together. I know that's a theme that we used in our team meetings here at the C-Suite Network. We've talked about what are the big things that we learned out of the pandemic for the last year and what was we were so most proud of? And I said, I said that we didn't lay off one person and we kept everybody together. That was a big thing for me. And we kept those jobs. And, and that's a big thing. Now, you mentioned, I, I love this, they can fake and they can hide. I've always said that people can hide in especially bigger companies, and you're a bigger company, that people can hide. You never know that they were there and they could hide out for a long time. But tell me about this fake thing. I want to know about that more. As I said, most people fake and hide because they have a fear. And as you know, Jeff, we talk about fear in a different way. And and fear usually is around, I've made a mistake or I want to hide something or I'm going to fake a result. So we say we don't make mistakes, we have learning moments. And which is really the core of our creativity because in a state of learning, people get creative. At WD-40, we don't make mistakes, we have learning moments. And the definition is, a positive or negative outcome of any situation that needs to be openly and freely shared with all people. I like that. So how do you instill the importance of servant leadership? You talk a lot about that. How do you get servantly in leadership to everyone within the company? Again, it comes back to our values. You know, if you look at our second value, we value creating positive, lasting memories in all of our relationships. And servant leadership is a balance between being tough-minded and tender-hearted. So the number one is it's, the, it's a zero tolerance as far as our leadership and the way we coach our people in our organization. You have to walk the talk. It's easy to say you exercise servant leadership, but if there's not visible evidence of it, it does not exist. And that's, I think, one of the most important things. Do what you say you're going to do. Walk the talk. What are some of the traits of servant leadership? What do they need to have or cultivate? Well, I talk a lot about Al, the soul-sucking CEO. I might have introduced you to him before, but he is the opposite to a servant leader. So some of the negatives that he displays is Al thinks he's corporate royalty. He's always right. When something goes wrong, he blames someone else. When something goes right, he takes the credit. 
Al loves to do micromanagement. He never does what he says he's going to do. Learning is for losers. So these are some of the the negative behaviors that are anti-servant leadership, which are, it's all about the people. It's all about encouragement. It's all about learning. It's all about involvement and inclusion. C-Suite Radio. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So Gary, as I sit here and listen, and, and I've had you on my show before, and I know our team's had you involved with our Hero Club and, and other groups, and we're just very impressed with the way in which you speak because it's a lot of the things that we talk about in terms of value-based leadership and operating from the front, how did you get to where you're at today? How did you get that with that mentality? It's not everybody's born with it. We kind of cultivate it. So how did you get there? Deep scar tissue. <laughs> <laughs> lots, of, lots of learning moments, as you like to yeah, say, right? Lots of learning moments. Well, and again, I've been fortunate enough to, over my time, to have some great mentors, people like Ken Blanchard, you know, when I got the opportunity to lead the company back in 1997, I actually went back to school. I went to the University of San Diego. I did a master's degree in leadership. That's where I met Ken. He was my professor. And I learned a lot from, you know, probably the most notable servant leader in the, mm-hmm. in, in the world, Ken Blanchard, and then just exercising what that learning is. So I read something once that was very meaningful. You know, I'm not necessarily religious, probably a little bit spiritual, but I I like to read. And I was reading some of the work of the Dalai Lama. And he said, our purpose in life is to make people happy. If we can't make them happy, at least don't hurt them. And Jeff, what I saw was a lot of leaders hurting people. And that didn't seem right. I thought you could be a servant leader and produce a highly productive and producing tribe at the same time. You wouldn't think of the brand WD-40 as servant, but then again, I can see how it's servant because of the way you use the product. I mean, I'm using it all the time. It's the one thing I carry around in my tractor Kubota here in South Dakota and always have on my workbench, just like the workbench around, although I don't have one of those fancy WD-40 signs, but maybe we could fix that. <laughs> how do you tie that together towards servant leadership and, and with the brand WD-40? If you think about our our why we exist, we exist to create positive, lasting memories, solving problems in factories, homes, and workshops around the world. And I know in past conversations, you've shared with me your positive, lasting memory. So, you know, there's nothing better in the world or in life than a positive, lasting memory. And that's what the product delivers. When I could travel, starting to do a little bit more now, and I'd meet someone, they'd say, What do you do? I say, Oh, I work for WD40. And Without doubt, nine out of 10 times, the first words out of their mouth was, I remember when. 
WD-40X. Or I remember working with my granddad on the farm with WD-40. Or I remember fixing my bike. Or I remember where I got brownie points from my wife because I used WD-40 to make myself a hero. So we're in the memories business. That's what we do every day. I just find that fascinating. In my last book, The Hero Factor, one of the things that I discuss is how power is no longer consolidated at the top. It's changed. Why is it important that we turn the hierarchical pyramid upside down? Well, because they have all the answers. We don't have the answers. Yeah. You know, that's really what it comes down to. It's, uh, you know, I'm consciously incompetent and I need all the help I can get. And, you know, if you go out there and you involve people in solving the problem, they'll help you solve it because they normally know the, the problems or the opportunities better than you do. And they know how to get the road to solving them or to cashing in on them better than you do. So talk to me a little bit about, we all want our companies and, and businesses to thrive. What's your strategy to make sure that they build an enduring company? Imagine a place where you go to work every day, you make a contribution to something bigger than yourself. You learn something new, you feel safe and are protected by a compelling set of values and you go home happy. That's really the formula or the outcome of having a culture where people are treated with respect and dignity. And here's why it's even more important, Jeff. Happy people create happy families. Happy families create happy communities. Happy communities create a happy world. And by goodness, we need a happy world. And in business today, we have more opportunity than anyone else to create that atmosphere because we're touching and with more people every day than anybody else. So let's do our job, leaders. Yeah, well, I think that's spot on. How do you get this out to your employees in the same way that you drank the Kool-Aid? I mean, or drink the oil, maybe that's what we want to use with you. But, but you know, we, we're drinking the Kool-Aid. I drink the Kool-Aid. How do you get your employees to drink that? How do you get your team teammates to do the same thing that you do and practice the same way? Are you having monthly meetings, weekly meetings? What is it you do? You know, I think there's a lot of things we do. Um, you know, personally, I send a personal message out to every tribe member every morning. It's for today from. It's wherever I am in the world, and it's usually an inspirational message. But it's not getting the message out, it's, but it's having them feel what we feel having them feel that sense of belonging. You know, we call ourselves a tribe, not a team. And the reason we call ourselves a tribe is one of the biggest desires we have in life is to belong. And if you think of Maslow's hierarchy to self-actualization, the first two rungs of that are, am I safe and secure and can I eat? The third one is loving or belonging. And, you know, we want to make sure that people absolutely feel that they belong. Everybody who's listening to us today or with us today have left a company, a party, or even a relationship because they didn't feel like they belong. And, you know, it's a shame most people only know they're doing a good job in an organization because no one yelled at them today. So let's embrace people. Let's be their coach. And let's more importantly, help them step into whatever they want to be their best self. So, you know, the company, we don't have managers. Everybody's called a coach. And the job of the coach is not to run onto the field. It's to be on the sideline and in the locker room and observing the play and helping the, the, the people on the field play their best game. So it's all of that feeling that comes together. And that's why, you know, if you go to our website and our careers page, the first thing that pops up is our values. And it says, if these don't align with you, don't call us. But we have people coming to us because they want to come to a place to work where they're actually treated like a, a decent, respected human being. You know, as Bob Chapman says, everybody who walks into your building every day is someone's precious child. Well, I'll say they're someone's precious child, husband, wife, auntie, uncle, cousin, whoever that walks into our operations every day. 
What's your turnover rate? I'm kind of curious about that now that you talk about this tribe. Very low. Very, very low. Yeah. So are, that, that's that's phenomenal to be able to have. Now, one of the other things you mentioned your website, and I've been to your website many times, lots of how-to. How is content helping you sell the product? Oh, well, you know, digital, if you look at the way that the end user consumer has switched in how they actually gain information now and source product. I think last year we had over 1.2 billion digital impressions globally, very much into now how-to videos. People are going on to search how to do things, how to maintain my bike, how to fix my tractor. So digital content to us is very, very important. Sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you're smart. About six years ago, before COVID, we made a decision to substantially increase our investment on increasing our digital IQ. So when the world kind of turned off the switch, we were there and our e-commerce business has been growing in leaps and bounds because people are sourcing and finding our product and learning at our product in different ways. Now, I'm seeing you out there a lot more. Uh, You don't always see that with a lot of publicly traded company CEOs. Why are you becoming more visible in in the public? Because I believe our role as leaders is to create a place where people really enjoy going to work. And I think we've got a story to tell, not because of me, but because of the, the, the tribe that we built, that we can not only build an organization with 93% employee engagement, where 98% of their people say they love to tell people they work at the company, but at the same time, we can build a company that's 5x its revenue and 10x its market cap over that period of time. So anybody who tells me that culture is not important in the organization, I want to show them how it is. It's the will of the people and the strategy together that make you successful. And you can have the best strategy in the world, but if you have low will of the people, then you're not going to deliver what you, you can to them and to the people who trust you with their investments. But at the same time, you're finding this to be a great way to get the message out, right? In terms of doing podcasts, TV, wherever people are and viewing and seeing, especially in this digital world. And I assume you're doing this a lot more than you were doing it, say, five, 10 years ago. Absolutely. Well, I'm spending a lot less time on airplanes, so I'm spending spending a lot more time on a on a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do two hundred thousand air miles a year, and now here I am in my home office right today, and it's a lot easier to come to you and others through this wonderful digital media that we have to to work with today. Is it having an impact on your bottom and top line? I'm not doing it for that reason, but I, you know, we our top line continues to grow. And our bottom line continues to grow. So I guess the will of the people's high. The strategy is reasonably good. And um, we've been benefiting too from what I call isolation renovation. You know, people out there have been locked up in their homes and that door that squeaked twice a day because they heard it going in and out is now squeaking 40 times a day, driving them mad. So they're getting out a can of the magic WD-40 and fixing that squeak and many other things as well. Yeah. There's, what's you know, the number one, been, what's the, by the way, what's the number one use for WD-40? Creating positive, lasting memories. <laughs> well done. Now, outside of that, and we look at more tactics, is it for the squeaky door? What I mean, you guys well, got to have some kind of numbers as to what people mostly use the product for. We have on our website 2,000 uses listed for WD-40. So our end users tell us. But, you know, if you put it in categories, it's a lubricant, a penetrant, a water displacer, a, you know, but it's just it has so many different uses. It's the the product of last resort and the product of first choice. Uh, and, and a lot of people, have you heard, what's the most ingenious way or the funniest way that you've ever heard the product used? That I can tell you? Yeah, sure. 
<laughs> I want to, off camera, you can tell me the ones you can't tell me. There's a lot of couple of funny ones. The one that, that always makes me smile is many years ago, there was a burglar that was breaking into a bank through the air conditioning duct and uh, the burglar was naked and he got stuck and the uh, fire department came along and sprayed the edge of the, the air conditioning duct with WD-40 to uh, slip him out. That that was, I thought, pretty, uh, pretty. That's pretty, pretty good. Well, I'm going to tell you one way not to use it. My wife's uncle, Dick, uh, Aunt Bev, married to Dick for many years, and he had an old Mercedes and he wanted to freshen up the the uh, paint job. So he sprayed WD-40 and wiped the entire car down with WD-40 to really give it a little bit of shine and then proceed to drive it out to our country, out in the country to our farm with all that dust. And you can imagine it was an attractant, not necessarily a lubricant, but an attractant. So I thought that was, we've always, that's been the family joke inside of the, for many decades is Uncle Dick and WD-40. Well, well, Uncle you know, Dick also would have probably known that if he would have sprayed it on the grill, any bugs that hit the grill on the way out, he could have got them off real easy. Well, there, oh, there we go. I love that. I love how you got that little one in there. It was good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. C-Suite Radio. How did you guys get to a $3.5 billion market cap? I mean, that's just fantastic. By implementing our strategy of making the blue and yellow can available to more people and more places and having them use it more often with a highly engaged tribe and a high will of the people. That's fantastic. Now, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, and we got about four minutes left, but I want to make sure I talk about Al, the soul-sucking CEO, for those who haven't heard. That story before. Before, who is Al, and what's he been up to lately? He's a very undesirable person. Um, <laughs> but uh, Al is a is a a makeup that I had in that you know when I was out speaking about you know the 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 negative leadership behaviors, people would come up to me at uh, at the at the events and say, "I know someone like that." And I had my my good friend Chester Elton, who wrote the book oh, sure. "Leading with Gratitude." He throws out carrots uh, when he does his public speaking, and he said, "You should have something to give people." So I created this little doll, Al the Soul Sucking CEO. And now, um, when I'm out speaking, people will come up to me and say, "May I have an owl?" And I say, "Sure." And I said, "What are you going to do with it?" They say, "I know an owl. I'm going to leave it on their desk." Oh, that's fabulous. Do you get a lot of people coming up and giving you the stories about owls all over the place? Absolutely. Yeah. What's the worst example you've seen of a soul-sucking CEO? I think it's when ego eats empathy instead of empathy eating ego. You know, they think they're the king of the world, corporate royalty, you know, got the biggest office, got a, a parking space. They always say that they have an open door policy. The doors never open. They're not out there talking to their people, greeting them at the door, asking them how they are, having a real interest in, you know, the lives of the people that they're responsible for. You know, Simon Sinek says leadership's not about being in charge. It's about taking care of the people in your charge. And Al thinks he's in charge. What's next up on your agenda for the company? More of the same. We just uh, finished our fiscal year yesterday. We're just entering a new fiscal year today. 
more resilient than ever before. We're off to the races. It all starts again. Is there something we need to look out look out for in the marketplace that you think is uh, out there for a lot of companies that we need to keep our eye on? You know, if I had one thing that I would mandate, I would mandate companies have to disclose disclose their employee engagement numbers because mm. again, I'm convinced that outcome is will of the people time the strength of the strategy. And there was some research that just came out recently from ADP Research Globally that said only 16% of people going through COVID were engaged, which means 84% of people going to work every day are disengaged or actively disengaged. And you're seeing them also speak with their feet as they're leaving companies and saying, I'm not putting up with this anymore. I, I have to find a place where you know I do feel like I am respected and I do feel like I belong. You know, with one last question, Gary, there's a lot of, especially this empathy piece and understanding your employees. I was watching this week where Delta Airlines is about to charge more of their employees for not having vaccines. There are some uh, businesses are saying that employees have to have a vaccine in order to come back in the office. I know inside of our operation, we have some people who have been vaccinated and some who don't believe in it. They're, that's their choice. How are you dealing with it in your company? It is their choice, and I respect it's their choice, but we've said that we will make our facilities as safe or safer than any other place that you go to, and if you choose to come in, you can feel that. We're not mandating vaccines at this time. I really hope that people take it seriously. It seems to be the one thing that can help set us free, but I respect it's their choice as well. But again, we need to make sure that we create a place where people can be as safe as possible, and that's what we'll do. Hey, every CEO needs to be doing that. Every person in the C-suite needs to take that lesson to heart. And for all of you, by the way, just let me give you a big encouragement for those that are out there listening and watching right now, do get vaccinated. I encourage you to, but if you choose not to, uh, be as safe as possible and help your coworkers be as safe as possible. Gary Ridge, it's a pleasure to have you right here on All Business. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.